From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back to the Cannabis Podcast. Here we are at episode 92. Should this be your very first visit? Well, an especially warm welcome to you. You're going to find that there's a whole bunch of discussion about cannabis for the next 30, 40, who knows how many minutes. So I hope you'll enjoy yourself and welcome to the ride. This podcast is intended for those 19 or older in your jurisdiction. It is intended purely for entertainment purposes. You should always consume cannabis responsibly. This episode, we're going to start with a story that explains the problems facing craft cannabis in our country, and then we're going to get details on people searching for a solution at the upcoming BC Cannabis Summit that's happening in Kelowna this April. We're going to talk with one of the organizers of that summit, Corey Waldron of Mood Cannabis in Nanaimo. Now, one topic likely up for discussion is the lack of review after three years of legalization. Have a story on that. The BC Cannabis stores have nicely given themselves another advantage with third-party delivery exclusively for themselves. On Cultivar Corner, we're going to be filling up with Gas Tank from Highland Grow, and I'm going to finish with a story about how sometimes cannabis can be a barrier to your success. All of that and more on Episode 92 of the Cannabis Podcast. And before we get things rolling, some shout-outs to some recent connections. Welcome to Cali. Callie is now along for the ride, and Callie suggested considering a mix of perhaps a beverage and flour for a test on Cultivar Corner. Not a bad idea. I might just consider that. And also a suggestion from Ken. What about employer drug testing, says Ken. You know, I think that's a really interesting question, Ken, because I would hope there would have been some adjustment of that since we have been legalized for three years now here in Canada. I do remember covering a story that said uh, something about Amazon dropping that requirement for their contract drivers to be cannabis-free. So perhaps it's changing, but I'll look into that, see if there's a deeper story that we can dig up. Thanks for the suggestion, Ken, and welcome along for the ride. And if you ever want to connect on the socials, on Twitter and Instagram, it's at Cannabis Podcast. Facebook? I know people complain a lot about Instagram busting people for cannabis posts and everything else. Well... I've never had any issues. Cannabis is right in the name. Facebook, however, completely different story because there cannabis is a, a, a foreign word, apparently, a dirty word. I can't use it. Even though the page name is the Cannabis Podcast, the reference is Weed Podcast. <laughs> I can't explain it either, but that's just the way it is. And remember as well, if you like what you hear and you feel so inclined, you can always click on buymeacoffee.com slash cannabis podcast and buy me a doobie. And now, let's go to a story that I've actually been trying to cover or wanting to cover for a number of episodes. This is clearly the episode that I need to run this story. And this is actually from a local news site, castanet.ca, a story written by Rochelle Baker, a local journalism initiative from Canada's National Observer, actually published on January 31st. British Columbia has been a mecca for cannabis enthusiasts and growers long before the product became legal in Canada in 2018. But the underground pillar of the province's economy hasn't flourished, despite the hard-fought battle for legitimacy, industry advocates say. Policy hurdles continue to strangle the life out of the dreams of small craft growers and squander the legacy of B.C. Bud, said Marshall Anselmo of Grassroots, a Vancouver Island company that markets exclusive strains of cannabis plants. There was a lot of hype, hopes and dreams, said Anselmo. 
who helped showcase growers' pre-legalization and farms cannabis with a medical license. But that kind of took a pretty quick turn, he said. There's a lot of growers still in the weeds waiting to see how things will turn out. Though BC has competitive advantages, the West Coast counter of small batch growers simply can't access the market, says David Herford, secretary of the BC Craft Farmers Co-op. There are 6,500 medically licensed growers in the province, but only a fraction of transition due to an over-the-top regulatory and license regime that favors big corporations with deep pockets, says Herford, a former policy analyst with the federal liberals. We have the best farmers in the world, and they're being shut out, he said. Everybody wants BC Craft Cannabis products, but the federal government has only approved 60 licenses in the first three years of legalization. The federal microcultivation license was conceived to encourage small farmers to access the market and allows for the production of 200 square meters of cannabis. But the risk and price tag associated with applying for the license are immense, and growers can't make a return with such a small footprint, Herford said. And some agreed, noting it can cost $500,000 to a $1 million with no guarantee of approval. It's a lot of upfront risk, he said. Municipalities in charge of zoning regulations have veto power, and a micro-grow facility must be fully built and production ready before getting its final approval from Ottawa. Combine that with declining marijuana prices and the skyrocketing cost of property in B.C., and small growers have a hard hill to hoe, Anselmo said. And craft growers don't have direct access to consumers who typically want to buy local-quality cannabis from growers they know, like they did before legalization, he added. Craft growers must use the B.C. liquor distribution branch as the intermediary to get their products to retailers at prices that aren't necessarily sustainable, Herford said. If craft farmers want a direct line to customers, they have to apply separately for distinct federal licenses to process and or sell their products, also expensive and onerous routes. It's so overly regulated, it seems built to fail, Herford said. It wasn't designed with craft farmers in mind, and there seems to be some bias in the system against them. The B.C. Chamber of Commerce also recently released a report calling for changes to boost consumer access, lower regulatory costs and taxation, and design markets to unlock the potential of B.C.'s cannabis sector. Suggestions include allowing marijuana retailers, now able to take online orders, to opt for delivery services like Uber Eats or Skip the Dishes. The Chamber also called for the province to speed up a long-promised farm-gate program to bolster agritourism in rural areas and allow small growers to market directly to customers like they do in the successful wine or craft brewery markets. The province should also work with Ottawa to lower the high taxes tied to cannabis and base them on percentage of sales rather than by price per gram, the report said. And the reason that I thought this was the appropriate episode to finally do this story is because the next story is about the BC Cannabis Summit, which is co-hosted by the BC Craft Farmers Co-op and Acres the Association of Canadian Cannabis Retailers. And in fact, I have the director or one of the directors of Acres, Corey Waldron, as my guest. And Corey is going to give us all the details on that event happening in Kelowna, April 20th, 2022. And guess what time it starts? 4.20 on April 20th. Now here's my conversation with Corey. Corey Waldron, welcome back to the Cannabis Podcast. Hi, Gary. It's nice to talk to you again. It is really nice to talk to you too. And I'll be honest with the audience, Corey and I are actually talking for the second time because Gary forgot to start the record button when we did the interview the first time. So <laughs> that was my one cannabis moment, and I hope you'll forgive me for that, Corey. <laughs> 100%. So we are here for a really important reason. We wanted to get out the fact that this summit is happening. So please, Corey, tell us what is the 420 Cannabis Summit that's happening in Kelowna this April? 
Sure. Well, this is the inaugural event. And uh, so it runs from April 20th to the 22nd. And, um, you know, really, it's an opportunity for uh, job creation and economic growth. Uh, it's a place where we can get together and celebrate uh, BC's craft cannabis sector. And um, some of the things we'll be talking about include uh, policy and regulations, uh, cultivation, processing and manufacturing, uh, retail. There'll be uh, plenty of networking and social activities, as well as uh, many uh, expert panels. Excellent. And now let me read the first paragraph from the website to kind of give everybody an idea of exactly what's going on. The BC Craft Farmers Co-op and the Association of Canadian Cannabis Retailers is inviting the craft cannabis sector to British Columbia's pristine Okanagan Valley for the inaugural BC Cannabis Summit on April 20 to 22, 2022. That's a lot of twos. The comprehensive three-day event features insights and advice from industry experts, policy discussions and resolutions, a business trade show, industry networking, lakeside consumption lounges, and special events. Now, Corey, did I just mention lakeside consumption lounges? <laughs> yes, you did. And uh, I think that's going to be one of the favorite uh, favorite areas of the, uh, the event. We have uh, two, actually, uh, consumption areas. We have a lakeside consumption lounge, and then we have a rooftop consumption lounge both at the Eldorado Resort, and I think those are going to be super popular uh, areas. <laughs> Absolutely, they are, and no question about it. That was one of the first things that really intrigued me when I bought my ticket for the, for the event. That's because that is pretty exciting. I mean, not only the fact that we'll be able to consume cannabis together, but that we can consume cannabis yeah, together. it's been a long time since uh, many people have been able to get together and, uh, and share this wonderful plant. Yeah, Yeah, it sure has. So in your role on the organizing committee, you must be a really busy guy, Corey. So what's been happening these days with getting ready for the summit? What are you busy with? Yeah, it's been, um, it's been, it's been challenging and it's been a lot of fun too. We, uh, we have regular meetings with the planning committee uh, just as far as, um, you know, hammering down the, the venue and organizing the consumption lounge, um, speaking with uh, upcoming speakers and, and making sure we can get them on board, um, booking rooms. Um, the tickets, um, you know, getting the live streaming company on board. So it's all coming together now. And now it's uh, as we get closer to it, um, it's uh, the excitement part kicks in now because we're getting really close and it's a sold out event and uh, we have a waiting list. And so people are pretty stoked for this. That's cool. So sold out in the first year. Yep, sold out event. Uh, we sold uh, 270 tickets. And um, if you weren't able to get a ticket, You'll be able to, and you want to take part, we are going to be live streaming the event um, and the different um, speakers and breakout rooms. And uh, so there'll be an opportunity to uh, to join well in through done. the live streaming as well. It's being hosted at the El Dorado Hotel in Kelowna, Lakeside. What a beautiful location. Hey, what a good pick to host the conference this time. Yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic uh, venue, beautiful place. And they've... Um, you know, the, when we when we talk about stigma, um, it's really nice to be able to work with the Eldorado because there, there's no there's no uh, stigma with uh, with this beautiful facility. They've um, essentially they've welcomed us and and everything that we're putting together. So that couldn't be happier. So nice to hear. Yeah. So give us a sense, Corey, of the two organizations behind it. There's yours, Acres. Give us a bit about that, and then whatever you can tell us about the BC Craft Farmers Co-op. Sure. Well, I'll start with Acres. Um, I sit on the, the board. I'm one of the directors for Acres. And uh, essentially what we do is uh, we're, uh, we're the voice for uh, cannabis retailers in BC when it comes to uh, policy change, uh, advocacy. You know, 
what are our challenges that we all share as private retailers and how can we change that? And so, you know, we have fairly regular meetings with uh, our regulators, which includes the LCRB and the LDB. And, um, you know, generally we try and uh, say, you know, this is what we'd like to see. And, you know, we try and uh, make those changes. And occasionally uh, we're, we, uh, we'll see some success through Occasionally, that. which is good. Kind of gives you the motivation to keep going, yeah? That's right. And uh, on the other side, the uh, BC Craft Farmers Co-op is, uh, is another fantastic association. Um, and uh, really, they're, um, you know, they, um, they're the voice for craft cannabis producers in BC. And um, as you know, there's, um, there hasn't been um, since legalization, I believe there's been about uh, 70 plus uh, micros that have been licensed in the province. But meanwhile, there's still another 2,000 producers plus out there in BC that that haven't made that transition. So um, and a lot of that is through, uh, you know, regulation and and a lot of red tape. So, you know, there's an organization association that's uh, working really hard to try and transition a lot of these uh, great producers into the into the uh, legal market. And that is so cool to hear. Yeah. So, okay, let's imagine now we've set ourselves in the future. The conference is over. What has been accomplished that you think means that it was a worthwhile event for Acres? Well, the uh, the tagline for the event is is roll it up and hash it out. So oh, I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know what we hope to achieve through this? Uh, we hope to uh, you know share uh, share our common concerns amongst uh, not only uh, craft farmers but from retailers as well, where we can meet with um, you know the. The regulators, uh, we can talk to them through whether it's the LCRB, the LDB, uh, politicians, and uh, industry stakeholders, and you know, say, hey, these are the challenges that we're facing. Uh, you know, this is the current policy. How can we make this? How can we make this better? How can we make it so it's uh, we, you know, to be able to create a, a sustainable industry? How can we uh, create uh, jobs, more jobs, and uh, economic growth? So. That's really what we're hoping to achieve through this. Oh, that, that's just fabulous. And then, of course, now here we are. What, we're three years into legalization? Wasn't there supposed to be some kind of review that happened at that three-year mark? Yeah, I have a feeling that'll be on the agenda as well to to speak to Health Canada's, um, I guess, their uh, sort of lack of response to, to uh, reviewing the Cannabis Act. So, yeah, I think that's going to be a hot topic, too. And I also guess in terms of the BC Craft Farmers Co-op, Farmgate's supposed to happen this year as well, is it not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a few things that have been um, sort of slow to uh, come to fruition, and, and Farmgate is one of those things, and, and direct delivery is, is, well, it's kind of tied to Farmgate. But, uh, so yeah, both of those are uh, definitely on the agenda. And why don't we give you an opportunity, Corey, yeah. to share the sponsors of the event that are helping you put it on? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, we've got some great sponsors this year. Our, our major sponsors include uh, Dutchy, which is uh, a lot of uh, people are familiar with. Uh, we have OnFleet as well that have joined us. And uh, the Weed Pool uh, Cannabis Cooperative is uh, also one of the major sponsors. Oh, very cool. Yeah. What kind of speakers can we expect? <laughs> what kind of stickers? No, speakers. Oh, speakers. Speakers. Yeah, we've got... Uh, well, there's a lot of speakers. The agenda includes um, uh, um, policy uh, 
some policy spokespersons from the LCRB. We have the uh, LDB will be there as well, uh, doing Q&A sessions. I'm pretty sure those are going to be popular. Uh, we'll have uh, craft producers will be speaking. Uh, retailers will be speaking as well. We'll have some different breakout rooms because there's there's it's a it's a packed full agenda and so. For that reason, we've got a, a few different uh, breakout rooms happening. Nice, yeah, and I looked at the um, agenda. It is truly full for those whole three days. They are loaded up with all kinds of great events, which is really good. Yeah, 100%. Even, uh, we even have uh, Tourism Kelowna has uh, expressed interest, and uh, they'll be speaking as well. Um, the, uh, we'll have representatives from, uh, I believe, the Okanagan Nation Alliance as well. So, yeah, it'll be a busy, busy three days. It's definitely going to be sure. a busy three days, so... Who do you think the audience is with this sold out event? I think we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of uh, people come out of the woodwork, especially from the craft cannabis side, who have maybe uh, you know been uh, pretty quiet so far. So I think we're going to have a lot of them, and I also think we're going to see a lot of retailers, especially from the Okanagan. It's um, you know here's an event sort of as COVID it's hopefully winding down where we can all get together and so. It'll be a nice collaboration between craft uh, craft farmers, craft producers, uh, retailers, and then we've also got uh, a fair amount of uh, government representatives too. So, again, back to that roll it up, hash it out. That's why we're going to be here. We're going to hopefully sort out some policies that need uh, some work, and at the same time, we're going to have a little fun. Well, that'd be nice. Yeah, absolutely. And I love the way that your slogan can kind of play both ways too. That's that's always clever when it's done that way. Excellent job. <laughs> Well, it sounds like you and the organizing committee are kind of all set. Yeah, I think we're ready to go. We just got uh, another uh, month or so, a month and a half of planning to do. And, um, yeah, looking forward to uh, seeing everybody's faces and uh, shaking hands again or hugs or whatever it takes. It's going to be so cool to get together and, and to meet everybody in person like like you and I. I mean, we've met a few times, you know, on the phone virtually and such, but... But to be able to share some cannabis stories and some cannabis, that is going to be pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, and to do it all at an event like the Eldorado Resort is uh, going to be fantastic. Yeah, looking forward to it. Yeah, and as you say, the Eldorado is just a lovely venue and the Okanagan itself. So, excellent. Thank you for filling in all the details for us. And we, of course, will certainly be promoting it here on the Cannabis Podcast as we get a little bit closer. I plan to be there all three days of it, take it all in, and we'll report back on the Cannabis Podcast later. So what do you personally think is your biggest objective of helping to organize this, Corey, this conference, and, and to participate in it? Uh, the biggest objective, I think, is really just the, um, the ability to get together, to, to merge um, retailers with craft producers. Because through legalization, we generally do it, you know, we communicate through email or by phone. But to be able to, you know, meet in person and, uh, and just have one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations about you know, our challenges over the last three years of legalization and the challenges moving forward as well. Um, I'm really looking forward to having those conversations. Yeah. Yeah. That'll be really nice. Yeah. So smoked any good weed lately? I have actually. Um, I think the, the latest, my latest favorite would probably be simply bears lime mojito. It's uh, Oh, I've heard about it. Yeah. yeah it's really nice. Yeah, real nice and sweet. BC product as well. Which we love to promote our BC products, of course. We certainly do. Well, I am so looking forward to it. Corey, thank you for sharing all the details with me. Lovely talking to you again. It's going to be really nice to meet you finally in just a little over a month. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Mm -hmm.
From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And I would not doubt that the story we're going to talk about now is going to be one of the topics of discussion at that BC Cannabis Summit. This is a story from mjbizdaily.com. Canada's cannabis legalization review running late as industry hopes for reforms. More than three years after Canada legalized and regulated recreational cannabis, the country's legalization law is overdue for a checkup. A mandatory review of the 2018 legislation, which was supposed to have begun months ago, has not been formally launched, MJ Biz Daily has learned. The Cannabis Act includes a provision for a review starting three years after the law came into force, in other words, by October 2021, and a subsequent report to Parliament. Preparations are underway for the launch of the legislative review, Health Canada spokesperson Tammy Jarbo wrote in response to inquiries about whether the review is commenced. Health Canada, the country's federal cannabis regulator, declined to provide a timeline for when the review might begin. Meanwhile, Canada's legal cannabis industry is eager to address key issues when the review finally launches, including curbs on marketing and advertising, potency limits on edible cannabis products, regulatory fees, cannabis excise taxes. Not all those issues are directly covered by the Cannabis Act, but industry sources said they still deserve a hearing. We're not going to be forcing ourselves to say, we only want things which are in Health Canada's purview, said George Smitherman, President and CEO of the Ontario-based Cannabis Council of Canada Industry Group. At the end of the day, the audience here is the Parliament, and they have a breadth of authority beyond just Health Canada. Health Canada declined to answer why the review has not yet commenced. However, industry sources cited several possible reasons for the delay, including a September 2021 snap election, the subsequent installation of a new health minister, and the COVID-19 pandemic. Even when the new review does begin, it wasn't crafted to determine if all the heavy levels of regulation should be lessened to facilitate industry, explained lawyer Trina Fraser, a partner at Brazil Seller Law who heads the Ontario firm's cannabis group. Instead, the review must broadly cover the administration and operation of the Adult Use Legalization Law, specifically including impacts on public health, youth health and cannabis use, Indigenous people and communities, legal home cannabis cultivation. The mandatory issue for review are all important, said Sean Webster, head of government and stakeholder relations for Canada with Smith Falls, Ontario cannabis producer Canopy Growth. But one key issue that deserves review, according to Canopy's Webster, is the 10 mg THC limit for units and packages of cannabis edible products. Increasing that limit could potentially allow for sales of higher potency edibles, individually as well as in multipacks. We know that there are products that are produced right now in the illicit market that claim to be more than 10 milligrams, and we know that consumers are looking for that, Webster said. Canada's tight promotional restrictions on cannabis products also merit review, Webster said, perhaps to allow a more mature conversation with cannabis consumers about the products. Public health restrictions on cannabis packaging could also be reviewed to allow for more creativity, Webster added. The regulations are quite strong in terms of how many colors you can use, what type of colors you can use, etc., I'm not sure that that's doing anything right now, to be frank. Vlad Klakar, Senior Vice President of Regulatory Affairs and Planning with Toronto headquartered producer Oxley Cannabis Group, listed other items that deserve attention in their view, including a significant bottleneck in obtaining security clearances, as well as more progress on Health Canada's framework for marijuana health products. The legislative review must be completed within 18 months of its start date, and a report with findings or recommendations will be presented to both Houses of Canada's Parliament. It's not like we need a positive vote to keep legalization in place or anything like that, Fraser said. 
I think the question is just going to be whether the report leads to discussion and debate, which ultimately culminates in someone deciding that some sort of amendments are required and putting forward some sort of bill to that effect. Still, Parliament isn't obliged to do anything beyond receiving the report, Canopy's Webster said. Outcomes will also depend on the desires of the government of the day, added Webster, and, with the current Liberal minority government, it's uncertain who will be in power by the time the review is finished. So there's a bit more detail in that story at mjbizdaily.com. Of course, you'll find the link back at Cannabis Podcast, as always. Interesting story, and I there's a lot of things that should be reviewed. Certainly the edible limit, a 10 milligram limit, is absolutely insane. Plus, there's a whole lot of other things that need to be addressed, and I sure hope they start addressing those soon. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. On Cultivar Corner today, we're going back to the East Coast. We have done some Highland Grow previously. I think we've done Gaelic Fire and Eastern Dank at previous times on Cultivar Corner. And today we're going back to the East Coast. And this time we're looking for a little gas. <laughs> gas is big in the cannabis world these days. A lot of people want to come in and say, give me gas, give me the gas. Well, we think we've cranked it up for the gas today with Gas Tank from Highland Grow. <laughs> You know, you can't get more gassy than gas tank, can you? <laughs> At least I don't think you can. So, once more, I had a little bit of difficulty in finding information about what we are doing today. So let me pull up some of that. From the Highland Grow website, mm, definitely some gassy tones on this one, no doubt about that. So let me give you a description from Highland Grow. A different batch every time. They've been working with rare cuts like Pink Octane, El Jefe, Pink Mink, El Merte, Pre-98 Bubba, Cold Snap, Pink Coast, and many, many more for the sole purpose and sole focus of gas. <laughs> that's what they want, and that's what they got. These experimental limited drops are sure to please. So that's the Highland Grow site, and you may be aware now that there's not a lot of detail there for me. In terms of what else we can talk about. The terpenes, the THC and all of that. Well, I got the THC right on the label, so that's easy. And this has been the case with most of the stuff we've tried from Highland Grow. It's been fairly high on the THC range. 27.8% THC on this guy. Definitely some gassy tones to it. Now, let me pull out one of the really nice buds that we got from this. As I take a peek at it with my jeweler's loop... Let's see if we got nice frosty trichome fields. And we do. Not quite as vast as I perhaps would have thought or hoped. But fairly frosty. Not so frosty that the naked eye is going to pick up a lot of that frost. But when we put it into the jeweler's loop, there is some nice trichomes. Mm, I'm not seeing a lot of amber in here. It all seems to be at the milky stage in the trichomes. Oh, there's a bit of amber. So you never know. You never know how it's going to impact you. And as we said, there's a lot of people that are looking for gassy stuff these days. Um, a lot of people will come into the store saying, give me something gassy. I want, I want a lot of gas. <laughs> so if that's what you have been looking for, hmm. 
then this may in fact be what you're looking for. Now, let me give you those other details. I found this on a site called Burb, shopburb.com for one of their stores. This is Highland Crow's gas tank. And they say that the terpenes are going to be linalool, limonene, and beta-caryophylline. And based on the smells, I'm, there's definitely some floral notes with that linalool, the limonene, and then just the gassy notes. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So linalool, limonene, and beta-caryophylline are our primary terpenes, the three primary terpenes. THC, as I said, 27.8%. And I think maybe it's time we gave this a try. So as usual... I have prepped in advance, got the Crafty Plus all ready to go, and I've got my joint ready to go. So let's see how gassy our gas tank from Highland Grow is. Now this is, uh, what is it, the strain behind it is Greasy Pink, Greasy Pink Indica THC 27.8%, and here we go. Yeah, pick up on some of those gassy notes with that first inhale as well. Now, in this other note, they're talking about some different flavors. Many more of the sole focus of gassy aromas. Expect that dank, spicy, citrusy scent with the undertones of anise and sweet apple in every bag. <laughs> now, here's where I go. My palate is just not that cleanly defined. <laughs> I just don't pick up those spicy... Well, I guess the citrusy notes is there from the from the caryophylline. The spicy from the limonene. But I'm not picking up a whole lot of anise or sweet apple in every bag. <laughs> Could just be me. Maybe you as well. You take give it a try yourself. Smooth smoke. What have we got happening on the ash? I'm not seeing any black. Just at the very end of the ash, but the front part of it is definitely all white. How easily does it come off? Very nicely. So nice taste. It's a smooth smoke. I take a look at my Crafty Plus and I see the green light is flashing. And that means I can now become my official two-fisted toker. <laughs> and let's pick up the Highland Grow gas tank. See what the taste is through the Crafty Plus. Oh, every single time, <laughs> every single time you bring the Crafty Plus to your lips and you haul on some of that sweet cannabis smoke and the taste is just astounding. Definitely more of the floral notes. That linalool really comes through in the taste from the vaporizer. More of the spicy notes as well. I'm sorry, I'm still not getting any undertones of anise. Or sweet apple. I don't know where that's coming from. But I guess more relevant to the purpose of a being here for Cultivar Corner is how is this so? And here it comes. <laughs> I love that moment when it it's kind of moves from, okay, am I getting high to, oh, yeah, I'm getting high. As you see, about halfway down the joint, Still nice white ash. Mm. Some gassy tones, some gassy notes out of that vaporizer as well. This may be something you're looking for if you're looking for that greasy pink and lots of gas. 
they decided to just call it gas tank. <laughs> Let's call weed what it is. Highland Grow has done some really nice weed over the course of their time out in Nova Scotia. Generally pretty high on the THC. And as I said, this is a 27.8%. So is it hitting me as hard as I would think it should at 27.8? That's a challenge we're faced with these days, isn't it? Those varying THC levels and those varying terpene levels are going to come up with a find that medium spot for us. And for me, it's a really nice high. It is flipping into some nice happy eyes. I can feel that body, ah, yeah, that nice body sensation kind of drop in. I'm not feeling like I'm headed to the couch. I think I will be able to get some stuff done today, which is good because I'm starting off my morning with this. Which I always figure is a better opportunity when I'm doing Cultivar Corner to do it first thing in the day so you get a true perspective of how this is hitting me as the first weed of the day. And here we are. Highland Grow Gas Tank. Again, terpenes uh, that I did find out. You'll find the links back at CannabisPodcast.com. Linalool, Limonene, Beta-Caryophylline. Very smooth stone. Very smooth smoke. Can you have a smooth stone? <laughs> I guess you can, and I've just defined that. And once again, indications when I start to babble, <laughs> it's usually a pretty good indication that I'm getting high. And that high is getting a little deeper as the babbling becomes more and more. <laughs> so if you're one of those people who has been looking for the gas, and we get them all the time, give me the gassiest you got. May not be the gassiest, but it's pretty high up there. Highland Grow out of Nova Scotia. Their gas tank, which again is could be a combination of Pink Octane, El Jefe, Pink Mink, El Merte, Pre-98, Bubba, Cold Snap, Platinum Bubba, Pink Coast, Dank, Schrader, and many more. And what we actually got in this bag was Greasy Pink Indica. They're still doing some pretty good work out in Nova Scotia. Still getting me pretty buzzed as well. And that is Hide and Grow Gas Tank. And audacity is the only word that comes to mind when I think of the next story. We are going to my friends at theokanaganz.com, a story written by my buddy David Wiley. BC Cannabis Stores breaks the rules with Pineapple Express. So a bit of background before I start into this story. Of course, right now, as you know, private cannabis stores in British Columbia can offer delivery. They have to provide their own drivers, their own vehicles, all of their own insurance, all of their own infrastructure, all of the all the details that are required to do a delivery service. They are not allowed to use third-party delivery. And now back to the story. BC Cannabis Stores made a surprise announcement this week. Starting March 1st, the government cannabis retainer will offer delivery across large parts of Metro Vancouver through Pineapple Express, a third-party service. Perhaps nobody was more surprised than private retailers. They quickly pointed out that BC Cannabis Retail Policy forbids third-party delivery. Currently, stores can only use their own employees to make delivery, a policy that came into effect last year in BC. However, it's expected the province will announce in the coming days that all private retailers will be allowed to follow suit and use other delivery services. But I haven't heard anything since. 
The BC Liquor Distribution Branch acknowledged a request for comment from the OZ on Wednesday, but has not yet responded. And the Association of Canadian Cannabis Retailers, Acres, who we of course are well familiar with in this episode, said private cannabis retailers should have access to the same services, programs, and tools afforded the BC Cannabis stores. The option to use a third-party delivery service shouldn't be monopolized by a public corporation. We're disappointed to see the province advantaging a crown corporation that directly competes with small businesses across the province, said the association in a statement to the OZ. Further raising hackles among private retailers is that the B.C. government chose Pineapple Express as its delivery service. The company was acquired earlier this year by large national corporate cannabis retailer Fire & Flower. Pineapple Express announced Thursday it was chosen after a competitive request for proposals process. The cannabis delivery service completes 40,000 deliveries per month. The scale of Pineapple Express is unmatched across Canada, and through efficiencies of this magnitude, we're able to offer delivery services at an extremely cost-effective and rapid manner, says Pineapple Express President Randy Rolfe. Municipalities eligible for same-day delivery include parts of Burnaby, Coquitlam, Delta, Langley, Maple Ridge, New Westminster, North Vancouver, Pitt Meadows, Port Moody, Richmond, Surrey, White Rock, and many parts of Vancouver and West Vancouver. Next-day delivery is available in many other Metro Vancouver areas. Well, advantaging themselves once more is the BC Cannabis Store. This is simply just not a level playing field. From the Cannabis Infused Studio in the Clouds, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And for the purposes of authenticity, I did feel it was important that I have a little cannabis infusion for this section. <laughs> Full disclosure, this is a, a, I'm going to talk about some stuff here that somebody doing a show like this probably wouldn't normally talk about. Because I'm, I'm telling some secrets, some, some behind-the-scenes stuff that, that if you don't want to know happened, then, then maybe you should stop now and come back for the next episode. <laughs> like you're going to shut it off now. <laughs> I'm going to be honest and explain what happened with the interview on this episode of the podcast. Now, I hope you enjoyed the interview with Corey Waldron. He supplied a lot of great information. It was a great interview. Uh, it just didn't happen the way that I had uh, first anticipated and it is one of those situations where I have to admit, it may have been because I was a little high on cannabis. And perhaps a little too high. <laughs> Here's the story. We had set up the interview, because Corey Waldron, as you may or may not know, appeared on the program a few episodes ago, many episodes ago, representing Acres, the Association of Canadian Cannabis Retailers and telling us about that organization. And he has introduced me to a number of people since that time and a number of guests on the podcast too. So we've kind of become friends. And when he approached me about getting some publicity for the upcoming summit, I thought, absolutely, let's get you on the podcast. And so we arranged a time. And it happened that on the day that we were doing that interview was the day that I came home with, uh, from Earth Wolf Farms, Earth Wolf Farms, let me say it correctly, I came home with Romulan Grape God Bubble Hash. One gram of that. This is some pretty sweet bubble hash, I have to say, and it will probably show up on a cultivar corner sometime in the future. It's relevant because I do all my remote recording interviews with a piece of software that you have to run Chrome to run. And it connects the two computers. We both use our microphones. It records locally, sends me the file, so it gives me a better quality in terms of the recording. So it's a cool piece of equipment when when it works <laughs> and when you use it correctly. So the story kind of started to fall apart 
about 15 minutes before it was time to hook up with Corey, and I had a little bit of this Romulan grape god bubble hash. Like, I think I only had three or four tokes of it, but it uh, it apparently hit me pretty hard. <laughs> now, the first part of the problem with this story was not my fault. When I went into Chrome and we got connected and Corey and I got connected, um, he he was audible. I could see and hear him. I'm only recording the audio, of course, but he couldn't hear me. This was the time that Chrome decided to not recognize the Rodecaster Pro, which I use as my audio interface and, and use to put the podcast together, didn't get recognized, so he couldn't hear me. I had to phone him, tell him, let's reconnect. I'm going to reboot on my end. Fortunately, that worked. We got connected. Should be fine from there, right? We started the conversation, and the conversation was was quite vibrant, was going along quite well, and I decided, I don't know, probably about eight, maybe ten minutes, I, to check the progress of, of how it was going. And I popped back to my Chrome window and realized that I hadn't pressed record. <laughs> so my first dilemma was, well, well, I have to say something because obviously I haven't recorded anything. So I did. I said, oh, Corey, I'm so sorry. I forgot to press record. Can Can we just start again? And Corey was very, very accommodating. <laughs> really appreciated his patience. So I made sure I pressed the recording button, pressed record. We did the interview once more, much as you heard. But here's the second part of it that, again, has to be related to the fact that I was a little stoned on hashish and I hadn't done all the checking I should have. As I started editing the interview, I realized that my voice sounded kind of weird, kind of like... Well, here, I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of how it sounded. It sounded just like that. Like, like I wasn't speaking properly into the microphone. And, as it turns out, I wasn't. <laughs> I had been doing some other work, and my microphone had got turned in the stand, and I didn't realize I was facing the back of my microphone. So the conversation is long finished. Corey has hung up. I've received all of his files. Now, fortunately, here's the good thing about the way that I record my interviews. They are all on separate tracks. So they are entities unto themselves. And that's what saved me. <laughs> I did not have the heart to call Corey up again and say, dude, I, I apologize. I screwed up a third time. Could we do it again? No, what I had was good. I just had to recreate my parts. So here's the part that I probably shouldn't be so... What's the word I'm looking for? Transparent? Yeah, I guess transparent is the word. I took the audio I had recorded off mic, off axis, took that into Premiere Pro and was able to provide a transcript of what I had recorded, which I then took over into Notepad and turned on the recorder and recreated my lines. <laughs> yes, it's true. Every line of that interview was re-recorded so that I could save face and not face the embarrassment. And if some of it appeared to be a little odd, well, I apologize for it. If I'd spent a bit more time at it, I probably could have made a better match. But 
what a story. <laughs> if you ever hear anything on the Cannabis Podcast that causes you to want to comment, please send a note to info at CannabisPodcast.com. You can also find all the links to the episodes at CannabisPodcast.com. If you want to connect through social, at Twitter or Instagram, it's at Cannabis Podcast. And if you feel so inclined and you want to buy me a doobie, you can head to buymeacoffee.com slash Cannabis Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. That's episode 92 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the Cannabis Infused Studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your cannabis business podcast, The Talking Hedge, and newest member on Podcon X. So come on over and check out The Talking Hedge. We talk about business news, interviews, investments, events, all that stuff. So come nerd out with me over at The Talking Hedge. You can find me at the Talking Hedge podcast.com or on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't, and I'm out.